0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. So we have you covered here for all your fantasy sports and sports betting needs. You can find all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com as we are rolling out the baseball content. Still have football content for you as well, as we'll cover you for the postseason and, of course, year-round with all the coaching changes and everything going on. As uh, My latest article is up looking at Daniel Murphy with the move to Colorado. If you look at his ADP in early drafts, it's not... That high. I mean, he was falling and there were some question marks. So I break it down and decide whether Murphy is going to be a solid investment for the upcoming season. So you could check that article out right now. Uh, We'll actually talk about a lot of the offseason moves in baseball coming up in the final two segments. Greg Jewett from FantasyAlarm.com. He will join me to talk about a lot of the moves. And there's been plenty, a lot of trades and free agent signings. There's also... We're still waiting for some of the big names, including Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. But we will talk about that. Of course, Sean Childs has already begun his breakdown for the team outlooks. And, you know, I've talked about it a lot, but these are insanely in-depth. I mean, this just really catches you up. And even if you're just a casual baseball fan, I think this is good for you as well. So he breaks down each team. He's already gone through the AL East. I believe the Orioles and Red Sox you can check out a free sample of. Obviously, everything else is premium, but it's definitely worth the price uh, alone. So, he goes through the batting orders. Uh, His projected batting order gives you the last several years of the stats, Uh, his insights into these players for fantasy. Yeah, actually, uh, this is interesting. I just looked at it now. Uh, He has an interesting projection for a player that hasn't signed yet that he put on the White Sox. So, uh You can check that out. But he goes through the batting order, the subs on the bench, uh, the pitching staff is projected to starting rotations as well as the relievers. And, of course, as the signings come in, uh, he'll break it down and let you know where he, uh, you know, the updated outlook once they sign with the team. So this is a great reading now. Uh, I think sometimes people feel, oh, it's January, it's too early. It'll be here before you know it. The season opens a little bit earlier this year is I believe it's March 20th in Japan, there's two games. So uh, some people putting their drafts a little bit earlier. I was actually trying to do my home league draft March 9th because the weekend after is Tout Wars weekend in NFBC, so I'll be consumed with drafts and then the season starts. But it seems like a lot of my league would prefer to just skip those two games and do it the following weekend. So that's something you, know, you should do now as a commissioner, try and set up the draft date. Uh, for baseball because it'll be here before you know it it seems far it's cold out there especially on the east coast here in winter but baseball will be here before you know it spring training in about a month so we're doing the best to help you get prepared I have several articles up uh, looking at Jesus Aguiar was his breakout for real last year Uh, the move of Yasiel Puig to Cincinnati what does that do for his fantasy outlook Brian Dozier and Yasmani Grandal. so I'll be doing player profiles Uh, analyzing free agency, of course, sleepers and busts as we get closer, our MLB preseason pro pick. So excellent content. You can check out the uh, fantasy baseball draft kit right now on scoutfantasysports.com. So uh, we're really going to help you out and make sure you dominate. Of course, there's scoutdfs.com. And uh, I've been telling you about NBA, man. You got to get into the NBA. It's so fun. It's a top, to me, my favorite DFS sport. We got you covered there. Uh, with articles, the Optimizer, and, of course, the Slack chat, where you can ask your questions before lineup lock. And tonight's a very fun night in the NBA. Only six games on the schedule, but a lot of storylines. So if you like narrators and revenge, this is a night for you. About to tip off, the 76ers hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler facing the team that he ripped apart. I mean, just challenged them in practice, allegedly, Slept with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend. So there's a lot of animosity there. And Butler is the type of player that has a chip on his shoulder, thinks he's great. So a lot of storylines in that game. Of course, Dario Saric going against his former team, although we haven't seen him play big minutes. He's been held to under 15 minutes in the last two, but maybe against his former team he plays a little bit more. So that's going to be a fun game. To watch, that'll be on the uh, NBA TV about the tip off in just a little bit. I'm sure a lot of people play Jimmy Butler tonight in DFS. I did get him. I didn't play too much tonight, but I did get him in one of the lineups just in case. You know, the Thunder Hawks. that's an interesting game with a high over-under of 234.5. Uh, that should be a high-paced game. And, of course, Warriors Nuggets tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Golden State in Denver favored by one and over-under of 228. Maybe that game goes a little bit underlooked as well. Nikola Jokic just playing great basketball right now, averaging 19.7 points on the season, 10.2 rebounds, and 7.5 and assists per game. So, uh, should be a very fun night in the NBA. Even though it's a six game slate, you got a few stackable games. Uh, even the late game might go a little underlooked. Bulls and Lakers, I've used some of their players tonight, uh, for sure. Uh, the Lakers are favored by seven, over under 215.5. And, a half in, uh, should be a fun game as well. The Lakers are talking about making a starting lineup change. Nothing has been revealed yet. So if you are on a site with late swap like DraftKings or Yahoo and you didn't invest in too many of the players in the early game, you know maybe you can pivot and make a change. Maybe we see Zubach in the starting lineup. Maybe it's Caldwell-Pope. So it's something you always have to pay attention to when you pay, play on the late swaps. And that's why sometimes people like to have the advantage of maybe not playing much in the early game and leave the lineup opening as news filters in. But – It was tough to do tonight. Maybe a lot of people not on the Suns Pacers. The Pacers favored 10.5 in that game, but I'm sure a lot of people were playing uh, players from the Timberwolves and the Sixers uh, with that high over-under and all the storylines and narratives there. And then, of course, Thunderhawks tip-off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern where you have a lot of peeling plays in that game as well. But, again, you can head over to scouttfs.com. We'll help you out for NBA, NHL. And, of course, NFL as well with the two-game slate this weekend and the optimizers and the articles all to help you. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com. I tweeted it out earlier. There was a free preview to the uh, night in college basketball. There was one play for college basketball last night. It was Pitt getting five, and that was a winner. Uh, but you can uh, check out the uh, free preview for the NCAA hoops, uh, NCAA hoops tonight, Big Slate, and, of course, There's a premium article as well giving you the picks. Uh, And, again, this is really good information here that can help you win some money as sports betting uh, becomes legal now in a lot of states. So uh, I see that the plays are up on the site for the premium members. There's also a free preview so you can read it, check it out for yourself. Follow them on Twitter, at Vegas Whispers. So at the end of the night, they – reveal all their plays and if you use the promo code RONUS50 it gets you 50% off your first month or your first week whichever you decide to try out so it doesn't hurt try it out for a week try it out for a month get the discount and you'll see for yourself you'll you'll make money and you know you're never no one's ever going to win 80% of sports bets that's we're not going to lie to you and tell you that's going to happen cuz it's not true the goal is to win more than you lose and those guys have been doing it For quite some time. Again, I follow them and uh, get all the picks all the time. If you're a member, you get a private Twitter account where you can set up alerts and get it on your phone. So I advise everyone to check that out. Of course, if you still want to play in the fantasy football playoffs, of course drafts are done and the one and done contest are all finished. But you still have an opportunity to participate in Maui Madness, you can go to playffwc.com and sign up right now. It's twenty-five dollars uh, a team, or you can get the five pack for a hundred. And the grand prize is a trip for four to Hawaii. So this is something that you want. I mean, four people, four people, week-long trip to a five-star resort. Yeah, count me in. I definitely want to be a part of that. Uh, so it's a uh, resort accommodations for six nights and a five-star resort, uh, and then there's other prizes Uh, if you don't get the grand prize. There's uh, online championship entries and some scout fantasy game credits, and you say, okay, well, the playoffs started. How can I get in? Well, we take your two highest scores. There's two weeks left. So this is your final opportunity to get in a roster before this weekend, and you select an eight-man lineup. So one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, two flex spots, which could be a running back, receiver, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense you can't have more than three skill position players from any one team. So you can have a quarterback and, you know, uh, two a quarterback and a receiver, running back, or tight end. But it's got to be three. And the rules are similar to the Fantasy Football World Championships. Just, uh, it's PPR, one point per 10 yards rushing or receiving, one point for 20 yards passing, and six points for a rushing receiving touchdown. Four for a passing touchdown. So uh, the two best scoring weeks are combined. And that's why you still have an opportunity to get in because we got two weeks to go. So this is the last opportunity because you'll have the conference championship round and then the Super Bowl. And then uh, there's also tiebreaker trivia that uh, you will see when you enter. So uh, make sure you check it out now. Play FFWC.com to get into the Maui Madness contest. Let's take a look at some of the latest news going on right now across the NFL as we get set for the conference championship games. Uh, Doug Peterson said that Carson Wentz is the quarterback going forward, and I think a lot of people expected that to happen and for that to be the Eagles' plan. Obviously, Carson Wentz has not been able to finish the last two years with some injuries, tore that ACL last year late in the season. And, of course, Nick Foles came in and led them to the Super Bowl. And this year, played 11 games before a back injury put him out. So, you know, he had a MVP-type season in 2017 where he played in the 13 games at 33 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. And then this year, not as good. Uh, but did have 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions before going down, but was playing through that injury. So, you know, maybe you do start to – some people are going to question whether he can stay healthy. You know, a torn ACL happens to anyone. Uh, the back probably a little bit more concerning in what it means long-term for him. But uh, there, the Eagles are going to stick with him. He's young, and he's cheap too. That's the other thing too. You know, price does come into account. And Nick Foles – he had a great run. Uh, he seems very calm when he's in there. He gets rid of the ball quickly. Uh, just the tremendous run last year. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, Wentz is better. It's a fluke. But we did see Foles have a great season in 2013 with the Eagles when he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Of course, he goes to L.A. where he wasn't good, but that was a Jeff Fisher-led team where we've seen players leave and produce, and Jeff Fisher, at least, and the Rams uh, do well. Uh, So, Foles, you know, still prone to some mistakes. You know, in the five regular season games, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. He did play okay this past week. You know, the last interception was not his fault. It went through the hands of Alshon Jeffrey. So, you'll see Wentz, uh, I don't think he'll be drafted in most leagues, like as a top seven quarterback. He'll probably be in in that, you know, 10 to 14 range depending on his health. So, that's basically what we kind of saw this year. I think in early drafts. He was going in the top seven, and I even wrote. I'm like, what are people doing? I mean, you're overvaluing him. You don't want to spend that much of a premium pick on him early on since he didn't start the year with the team. Uh, Foles, though, is in a good spot. Maybe the Eagles sign him and trade him, but you will see Foles starting on another team, and it's going to be interesting to see how he fares in a system outside of Philadelphia where he's been so, so good. But it's definitely something to to keep an eye on to see where Foles lands because – In the right spot, you know, he could have some good fantasy value. Obviously shown that he could be a starting quarterback in this league. Now it's a matter of can he show that he can fit in a different system. So going to be a very interesting offseason to see where Nick Foles lands. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting that Mike McCoy is interviewing for the Jacksonville offensive coordinator. This is stunning. McCoy has been fired twice in the last two years. We all know that that offense has not been very creative under him. We saw how bad the Cardinals were. And this is not a good spot for him either in Jacksonville. I'm surprised that they are even entertaining this thought. You got to think they could do better. Uh, and McCoy, well, people, wow, this, this is just a brutal spot. We saw how it derailed David Johnson earlier in the year. And uh, we didn't see Josh Rosen develop at all. So this would be terrible if that does happen. Panthers owner David Tepper said he had no idea if Cam Newton would undergo offseason shoulder surgery. Now, this is going to be big because Newton clearly was hurt down the stretch for a while. And it took a while before they finally held him out. And I guess that's because they were in playoff contention. But you could see it every week. You saw the numbers go down. You saw the, the throws were poor. And he clearly was playing through an injury. It was pretty visible because Cam Newton always has a high floor. And you just saw his numbers just dropped the last couple weeks he played. You know, he threw the four picks against Tampa Bay. He had 265, no touchdowns, an interception against Cleveland in week 14. Against the Saints in week 15, he had 131, no touchdowns, and an interception. And you also saw his rushing yards go down. I mean, he had 33, 23, and 15 in the final few weeks. And there were weeks he was attempting 10, 11 rushing attempts, and then it was going down to five. So he clearly wasn't healthy. And Newton always has a high floor as a quarterback. There have been some years I've been off him, but – The bottom line is, with the way he runs, he just gives you that high floor every single week. Even though he's only had one season of 30-plus touchdowns, just what he does on the ground just elevates his floor every single week. We've seen it numerous times with quarterbacks that run. And actually, this year, even with that injury, Cam Newton had the best completion percentage of his career. He was 67.9%. So this is something that is really going to be big here in the offseason to see if he has that surgery or not. A lot of times they will not recommend surgery. They'll just want rest and rehab, but the problem with that is you run the risk of the shoulder being fine, and then all of a sudden as he gets into game form, it becomes a problem again. So uh, this is something to keep an eye on, especially for those in keeper and dynasty leagues. There was a report from Jerry Rice that Antonio Brown wants to join the 49ers really badly, and uh, 49ers certainly can use Antonio Brown. That would be uh, very interesting to see him go there. Of course, uh, it's going to have to be a, a trade or the Steelers releasing Brown, but they that would take a cap hit of 22.1 million dollars for them in 2019. Going to be very interesting to see what happens with Brown, who might speak publicly soon. But it's not looking like a, a return to Pittsburgh is on the horizon with everything that has gone on there. And uh, the 49ers were an ascending offense that we were all hoping to get a piece of last year. Then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, Jarek McKinnon got hurt. and They still produced pretty well. So uh, good with Shanahan at the home, going to be an interesting offense. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey reportedly played with broken ribs in the playoffs, according to Lane Johnson of the Eagles. And I think Jeffrey was pretty hard on himself, even though that drop pass maybe. Stymied a comeback, but you don't know if they would have won. But I commend Jeffrey for standing up and taking the blame and playing through those injuries. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Greg Jewett of Fantasy Alarm. We're going to talk fantasy baseball and look at a lot of the moves in the offseason. What does it mean for the fantasy value of these players? We'll let you know next here on Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every day. Don't worry, if you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand anytime you want. Go to podcasts, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and subscribe today. That's where you can find... A lot of fantasy baseball content coming out as we get you ready for the fantasy baseball season. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. And, of course, I'm looking at some of the off-season moves, what it means for fantasy. A lot of team profiles and and player profiles. And you can check it out, Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit, on ScoutFantasySports.com. Joining me now, it is Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm. Greg, what's up? Not much. How you been, Adam? Pretty good, man. How's the uh, off season going for you as uh, we get ready for baseball?
0: Uh, it's going well. Uh, got a lot of profiles up at, at Fantasy Alarm, doing a lot of work for uh, for Howard there. So I'm um, looking forward to the season. I'm, I'm way more prepared than I was last year. Of course, last year at this time I was uh, just unemployed from fan rag, so you know how that stuff goes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, are you prepared to do a draft right now? Um, actually, I've had to do three so far, so I think I'm in a decent a
0: decent uh, decent place going into them. You know, I, I see there's a big difference between which industry people are kind of in it. Um, one of them speed was taken at least uh, one round, if not two rounds over what normal NFBC ADP is. so it's just how you're comfortable building your team. I've, I've been able to layer, stolen bases in my lineups, and I know I think that's something you kind of share as an approach with me, so that, that's been going okay.
1: Yeah, and I I know it's easy to say, oh yeah, trying to spread out the speed across your teams, and it's easier said than done, but I have been able to do it, and obviously it'll become a little bit more challenging if uh, the speed is harder to acquire and people overpay, but I just typically do not have the D Gordon's, the Billy Hamilton's, and you saw the downside last year. If those guys don't hit, and they're not uh, on base or they get moved down the lineup and they're not running. They are just absolute killers on your team. So I was fortunate to avoid those landmines last year.
0: Yeah, I totally hear you. And and, and people often overlook where a person's hitting in the lineup. You know, there's a lot less at-bats for Billy Hamilton hitting ninth than there is when he's batting first. Uh,
1: well, Billy Hamilton, uh, I didn't think we'd talk about him, but you brought him up and now he's in Kansas City. Uh, that looks like a team that is going to run wild is there mm-hmm. renewed interest for you in Billy Hamilton, or you still think that uh, he's going to be overvalued? Although his draft spot has slipped. I mean, this was a guy that was going sometimes fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. I don't know his ADP offhand, but I know it's later than that. Is there interest in Billy Hamilton this year, or is he still someone that you're going to avoid?
0: You know, the, there would be interest if for some reason at the beginning of my draft was uh, a lot of power bats and I needed somebody in there. So, like, if he could be absorbed with um, a power hitter, you know, you hate to do that because then you're capping somebody. Like, just say you take J.D. Martinez in the first round, and then you take Billy Hamilton in the 10th, and you say you're going to morph them into, you know, two people that can give you, you know, home runs and stolen bases, and he kind of takes it in there. But uh, it it just depends. You know, as you know, any draft is different. So, I mean, at at some point, if I was desperate for speed – I could look at him, but I'd also possibly be willing to just wait 10, 15 rounds more and just take somebody like Jared Dyson and hope he doesn't get hurt.
1: That is true, and it all depends on the draft price and also the composition of your roster, which I feel a lot of times is just not talked about enough. I think there's a lot of people that are smart and can analyze players and break it down, but it's a whole different ballgame when you're trying to construct a balanced fantasy baseball roster, and I think that's where a lot of people get lost, uh, and that's what I try to write and bring about and discuss when helping people in this, uh, in this uh, fantasy baseball game. Uh, let's take a look at some of the moves of players changing teams and what it means for their fantasy value. James Paxton, I think we all know how dynamic an army has. Obviously, the big question is, how many innings are we going to get in a given year? He moves from Seattle to the Yankees. How does this change his fantasy value at all?
0: Um, well, it's funny because he probably gets a better chance at wins with, uh, you know, he's going to have a strong bullpen behind him and a pretty good offense. But then you're also going to have to, to uh, accompany that with knowing that his whip should probably go up a little bit, especially with fly balls in Yankee Stadium. we going to be a lot less forgiving than at Safeco. So, you know, there's good and the bad. So, yeah, you're going to get a couple more wins, maybe two, three, four more wins, but you're also going to have to pay for a little higher whip and probably a little higher ERA. But I think his strikeouts, as long as he reaches 175 innings, should, should pretty much make that a push.
1: How do you project that with Pax? And I think that's the biggest problem people have. And we know the game has changed. We just don't have as many guys go 200 innings anymore. Mm-hmm. But we see pitchers get pushed up the board and – Anytime someone is on the Yankees, we know that the price goes up. Paxton has never even, you know, last year was a career high, 160 in a third innings. Now, he has gone up the last three years. It's gone 121, 136, 160 in a third. So he has gone up. But how do you kind of look at Paxton if you draft him? Do you pencil in 160, 170 and say, hey, I know he might spend some time on the DL, and I'll just, you know, cover it with another pitcher for whatever period is out?
0: Yeah, I think you have to, you know, I think you have to plan on what you were just saying right there—the the 160 to 170 range—and then you're not going to be too disappointed if if he does miss the time. And I think we all have to adjust that the uh, you know the 200 inning workhorses are becoming a rare breed. So you know, obviously the prices are going up on all of those guys. And you know, when you're when you're layering them in the tiers, you just have to kind of what your risk aversion is. You know, are you willing to pay for that upside and hope you get those strikeouts? I mean, he can strike out 200 in 170 innings, so you know, that's that's part of the risk.
1: Have you found yourself taking uh, at least one pitcher in the first three rounds this year uh, from what you have done so far? Do you find yourself, you know what, I have to get one of these starters early, or do you just bypass it and stock up in the middle rounds?
0: Um, I've done it each way, and I didn't mind the team in either, in either scenario. I was a little nervous. Luckily, one was only at 12-team draft, so um, I ended up getting... Corbin as my as my first pitcher, but I had the first pick and I waited till the fifth round. Um, and then, but I also got Flaherty and German Marquez to go with them, so I got a little upside and some strikeout guys there to to try and give me like three strong base instead of like thinking I have an SP one, SP two, SP three. But you know, every draft is different, and you kind of you really really have to pay attention to the board because you start seeing pitchers go. You're, you're probably going to have to reach for one at least or somebody that you know you can get reliable innings from or, or hope to.
1: Big difference in those 15-12 to 12 team leagues. I played in mm-hmm. mostly 15-team last year, and it's definitely more challenging for sure. When you go from 15-12, to 12, you feel like, wow, I got a lot of options here. Doesn't it feel that
0: way? <laughs> yeah, I, at first I was like, oh, my God, I'm waiting too long, and I was watching all the pitchers fly off because the first two drafts I did were 15-team. So I think that actually, makes it easier and, and and you know as you're talking to your listeners and your followers I think it makes sense even if you're playing in a 12 team to do a couple of 15 team mocks because it really pushes you to get out of your comfort zone and then you kind of realize okay well if this happens or this pitcher that I was targeting goes off I can zag in this direction because I think that's something that's huge so you don't you get caught in a run you see people make those panic picks and you're like oh what was he doing
1: No, that is definitely true. And there is the advantage of drafting early, too, at this time. Uh, You can get some value because I've already seen some of the ADPs, and I'm like, this is not going to last. This will definitely change come March. I'm joined by Greg Jewett. You can find him FantasyAlarm.com. You mentioned Patrick Corbin, and, you know, he's coming off a tremendous season, and we've seen that ERA really improve the last three years. It was a career year for Corbin, although we did see him have that great year in 2013 and, and, you know, the injuries. But he goes to the Nationals. Uh, can we count on Corbin to be – sounds like you do because you did draft him. Can we count on him as that SP2? Obviously, you're going to have to take him early uh, coming off last year. Uh, it was a career best strikeout rate. Is that something that's repeatable? I'm more comfortable with
0: him as an SP2 than an SP1. Um, so if it was a 15 team, I probably would not have taken the approach I did in that draft we just referenced. Um the, the first 15-teamer that I did, I ended up getting uh, Garrett Cole and Walker Buehler drafted out of the 14th spot on the 3-4 turn. Um, so, you know, that it, it all changes. As for Corbin, I think the strikeouts are for real. Um, he, he really has cramped up that slider usage, which makes you a little worried about his elbow since he's already had a Tommy John surgery. Um, He's also changing speeds with not only his fastball, but his curveball. So I think instead of trying to get an extra pitch, he's learned to change speeds and adapt. So, you know, he's comfortable in what he's doing, and I think he can come close to repeating last year. But, you know, the numbers always, always
1: regress a little. Nelson Cruz goes to the Twins. We know he's only utility eligible. We know he's a year older. I still see him going very late in drafts. I still think he's a value. Do you agree?
0: Yes, but um, the the cool thing is, I don't know if you've done it with the NFB data yet, but you can dial back and like check out the drafts from January first on. So I think the numbers from there start giving you a little truer sense of where people are starting to shift. So his ADP is higher in that one, but people still overlook the the his ability this year. He can still even with. If you were at bats, he can still put out 35 home runs and give you solid production across the board without hurting your batting average when people are actually going to be looking for power.
1: Yeah, is it that? I think part of it is people hate to lock up that utility spot early because we saw it for years with David Ortiz, and he would be a value every year when he showed no signs mm-hmm. of decline. And look, Cruz, maybe at any point he shows some slippage. It's not there in the skills right now, from what I see. So I understand some people are just like, yeah, he's 38, and I'd rather be out a year sooner than than wait for the year that he falls. But is that a big part of it that just people don't like to lock up that utility spot early?
0: I think it is,
1: but it does. You know,
0: I don't think this year it will affect Chris Davis as much, but he only had 11 games in the outfield last year. So if you're in a 20 team uh, league, Chris Davis is only a utility this year
1: too. Yeah, and he what he's been going in the third round, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, of course, though, uh, I guess with crew, uh, with Davis a little bit younger, maybe people forget it, too. Maybe they don't realize that he's only utility. Uh, but, of course, the 40-plus the home runs and the 247 average every year. People love that about Chris <laughs> Davis. Talking to Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm uh, as we're going over some of the offseason moves in baseball, what it means to the value for the players for the upcoming season. Paul Goldschmidt going to the Cardinals in that trade. Goldschmidt was off to a horrendous start last year. I had him in only one league, and I just wanted to choke him at times. Just kidding. I'm uh, not, not violent with players. I respect them. But uh, he definitely was frustrating. Eventually, he turned it around. Uh, what does it do for Paul Goldschmidt going to the Cardinals? Uh, I. I'm curious to see if if the humidor had any like
0: mental effect. You know, you want to say players aren't affected or don't get psyched out about those things, but um I'm 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 just curious. So I think he'll be in a little bit stronger lineup this year. There's there's uh, more guys around him. There'll be plenty of people on base in front of him to drive in. So I think the County stats go up. I think the stolen bases will stay near where last year was. So you're you're hoping for 10 steals and um, I would say between 27 to 30 home runs. I'm, I'm optimistic on him this year. Again, um, his price is a little bit down in drafts, which reflects part of what happened last year, and people are starting to to, to wonder if the foundation's crumbling. But I think he's got a, a, a good season in him.
1: Yes, Monty Grandel reportedly turned down a four-year, $60 million deal from the Mets, and he settles for a one-year, $18 million deal with the Brewers. Uh, we know that's a good park, good lineup. Uh, where does this put Grandal now?
0: Uh, definitely boost them,
1: um, especially Miller Park. Really helps
0: left-handed uh, power hitters, as Christian Yelich owners found out last year. So, you know, same deal. Good ballpark. Um, he's going to be in a very good lineup there. Uh, you know, just like I was saying with Goldschmidt, when you got people that, when you got traffic on the bases when you're coming up there, that that just helps you get the RBIs and, and those other statistics, you know, that, that we want to bank on in fantasy. So, you know, they have that mutual option for the year after, although there were reports, I know I know you're a mess guy, but there are reports refuting that four year offer on the table, too. It's we never know what happens behind those closed doors. But I, I think Randall is definitely gonna help be helped by uh, the move to Miller.
1: Another catcher making a move is the Mets signing Wilson Ramos. And when we see when Ramos has been healthy, he's been pretty good. Uh, what about uh, Ramos's value now that he goes to the Mets?
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, he, he's been somebody that many folks in the industry have been beating the drum for and people kind of overlook him. Um, his ground ball rate will cap the power, but he's still, you know, he can still hit the home runs when he does get lift on the ball. So, I don't think City Field will affect him too much in that regard. So, you know, I think he's a very solid option. I'm curious to see where his ADP settles in heading into it with catcher with being such a barren position.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a brutal position this year. There's no question about it. It gets worse each year, and then people complain in leagues where you start two catchers that we shouldn't be starting two. Uh, how do you feel about that? Would you rather start two catchers or would you rather have one?
0: The traditionalist in me says two, but the way the game's going, I, I I think we might be, you know, it's just like fantasy football. I played in a league this year without a kicker and it was so freeing. So I, I think eventually one might be the way we want to do it. Two does make it more challenging,
1: though, right? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I feel like it's a true. lot of people. That's why I, I, I said the traditionalist Right. says two, but. I, it feels like everyone wants to make the game easier. I thought the goal here is, especially <laughs> with so much information out now and so many people being smart and analytics, aren't we supposed to make it a little bit more challenging? <laughs> I I I'm with you. I'm just saying, mainstream. I think you're going to see
0: more leagues going to the one. But yeah, I I, I understand.
1: I mean, I love when people spent the second round pick on Gary Sanchez last year because I wasn't doing it, and I was like, go ahead, do it. That eliminate <laughs> not eliminates a team, but uh, I don't know if you were on Sanchez last year, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't expect him to hit below 200, but I, I like the when people take those catches early, so I wanted to continue.
0: I understand, but, you know, and it's funny because now you see, I don't know about your Twitter feed, but, I mean, and and I love Williams Aspedulo, but I feel like he might end up being, like, last year at this time it was Austin Barnes was the the sexy catcher. And I'm just, I I like Williams, but how many at-bats is he going to get?
1: No, it's true. Uh, He's definitely someone to keep an eye on. I've already seen him create a lot of buzz and move up, so we'll definitely follow that. Uh, how about Brian Dozier going to the Nationals one year, $9 million deal was last year, the beginning of a decline or was it the injury? Uh, I just did his profile. Um, I, I think he played through that bone and now listen, I've had a
0: bone bone problem in my knee and that kills your foundation. You you, you just don't feel it. You can't trust it. So I, I see a bounce back for Dozier and I picked him in one of the, one of the drafts I was telling you about and flowers and a couple of others like, Oh, it was a good spot to get him in. So, We'll see what happens there, but at his price right now, I think he's going to be helping a lot of teams.
1: Yeah, and I think his price will go up a little bit. I think the Nationals did a really nice job to get him cheaply. I do think the injury affected him. You look a lot of the strikeout walk rates, they were pretty much similar. It was just he didn't hit the ball as hard, and as you said, with that foundation not being there in that knee and trying to fight through it, surely it affected him the entire season. Lots more ahead. I'm joined by Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com, as we're going over some of the offseason moves in baseball. Lots more to talk about, including Yasiel Puig, Edwin Encarnacion, and Daniel Murphy. That's all ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? 844- It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. of course, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, as we've begun our baseball coverage for the upcoming fantasy season. In-depth team previews from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. I have player profiles as well. And allies in the latest news when free agents sign and what it means for their fantasy value. Of course, ask your questions on the message boards and forums and and scoutdfs.com where we cover NBA, NHL, and NFL, including optimizers and Slack chat where you can ask your questions leading up to game time. And playffwc.com where you can still play for uh, the grand prize, a trip to Maui for four. It's the Maui Madness Contest. This weekend is the last week to enter, so make sure you check it out. At the game, just got a gut feeling? No problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right. $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And maybe you need some help trying to figure out who to bet on. You can head over to VegasWhispers.com. They'll help you out. The picks for tonight are already up for college basketball. And if you enter the promo code Ronis50, you get 50% off your first month or first week. You can follow them on Twitter at VegasWhispers as they put up. The picks from the night at the end. So it's full transparency, the losses and the wins. So follow them now and become a member today. I'm joined by Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com as we go over some of the off-season baseball moves and what it means for fantasy players. Daniel Murphy goes to the Rockies. And we all know, anytime you go to Colorado and Course Field, I mean, it's great. They've been the top two in runs every year since 2009. We know Murphy got off to the slow start last year, coming off the microfracture surgery. Uh, what do you see with Daniel Murphy going to Coors Field? Is it great for him? Obviously it is, but how much?
0: Um, I think it's great for him, but it's going to be in terms of uh, batting average. You know, he's not going to go there and hit 40 home runs, but Coors Field really helps uh, fly ball, bat And, you know, with Murphy's propensity to keep the ball in the air, Um, and his ability to pull the ball in that spacious outfield, you know, he's going to hit some more doubles, and he's going to hit a couple more home runs, I'm not going to go crazy with a home run prediction, but, you know, I think you're talking, he's, he could hit 330, if not better, unless I'm losing my marbles, because I, I see what he did in the second half, the knee thing came better, and it takes a while for a micro fracture to bounce back, and I've had two of those, so they're not fun, but you know, once you get a year past that surgery, things should be feeling better for him. I don't think they're going to overplay him, but the fact that he's going to be adding first base eligibility um, after about 20 games into the season only enhances his value to me.
1: Yeah, I see it the same way. He's always been a real good hitter, and you could see when he came back last year, he wasn't great at first. Now you put him in Coors' field with that spacious outfield. He hits a lot of line drives, a lot of fly balls, and we just see what Coors does to players when they play there, and, you know, he should play a lot of first base, so that dual eligibility really helps. Uh, that's something that you want that flexibility, especially in a deeper 4 so Murphy's another guy, too. I think in early drafts he was going real late. I guess that was, with many guys not having a team, uh, you know, people kind of have trepidation, like, well, what if Murphy goes to a, a bad team in a bad situation? I don't think people saw a course Field in the cards for Murphy.
0: Yeah, exactly, and you know, it's, it's. I think he's another guy. If you look at the ADP from the whole NFBC, and then you backtrack it to just January on, you're going to see a, a sizable jump in his ADP, and and I still think he's undervalued, even with the jump.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, I think I'm guessing by March he becomes a top eighty player. I had written that today, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, again, one of the advantages of drafting now. Uh, And mostly it's to me, if I'm drafting now, it's mostly draft champions leagues anyway, where I'm kind of just it's better than a a little bit better than a mock. You know, you could win some money and it gives you an idea of the player pool. So that's what I usually do is I try to do a draft champions league now, get an idea. And we we know how quickly things change in all sports. uh, The value of players as we get closer to our real drafts in March. Yasiel Puig going to the Reds. Good or bad for his fantasy value? Uh, I think it's fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm definitely somebody,
0: I was just kind of staring at the, uh, the draft numbers today and I'm sitting there going, all right. So Charlie Blackman at his ADP versus Yasiel Puig at his ADP. I'd rather reach around on Puig, although I have taken Blackman and a couple of the mocks that I've done because his, his, his stocks fallen a little bit, but, I think Koei can give you almost the same production, just not the batting average. But that ballpark is going to help him.
1: And he also, moved, well, I would think, moves up in the order. I had written about it. I think he, he had seventh and eighth most of the time with the Dodgers. Now my mm-hmm. guess is maybe fifth in that lineup potentially. It's a pretty good lineup, I as you mentioned, so, yeah. the ballpark. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. And He's going to play every day. So uh, And maybe get out of L.A. where there's so much to do and so many distractions. Maybe he's not in the club as much.
0: Yeah, I, I think getting out of that spotlight a little bit and just going over there now. People have already speculated that you know Joey Votto's old school and they might clash a little bit, but I, I think Votto can recognize that he'll help the team, and you know, you know, and he's playing for. I, you can't say that somebody's playing for a contract so they're going to have a great year because we saw guys flounder in the same situation last season. But I really think the whole change of scenery, being at least he has Turner Award there. His hitting coach that he's comfortable with that he knows, I, I think things are, I think things are there for him to really have a good year. I, I, I could be, I could see him hitting twenty-five to twenty-eight homers, stealing ten to fourteen bases, and hitting two seventy-five. And and where he's going in drafts, that's an absolute steal.
1: Yeah, and I was in on Puig last year. Got him in a couple leagues, and he did finish this season strong. It was just tough in <laughs> weekly leagues because he wasn't playing every day with the Dodgers having that cluster. So being Right. Able to get that everyday job should definitely give him a boost. Joined by Greg Jewett. You can find him at FantasyAlarm.com. Robinson Cano to the Mets coming off that suspension as well, a little bit older. Uh, we know Cano's always been a good hitter, and we've seen guys come off PED suspension and still be fine, but uh, what are your thoughts on Cano going to the Mets?
0: Again, you know, this year it's kind of funny because there's there's players that are already moving into the sexy range, but the, 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 the new market um, stability thing is unsexy veterans. Nobody wants these guys. You know, people, you, you're not going to win a draft room when you take Robinson Canoe as opposed if you're taking, you know, somebody else that's flashy or getting all the press this year. So, you know, it, it, it's funny, but I still think he's a, he's a good hitter. And I know people are going to be a little worried, but after he came back last year, You you, kind of look at his numbers. He's he's just Robinson Cano. He's going to probably hit 23 to 25 home runs. He's going to drive in runs. He's not going to steal bases, but, you know, and he'll hit near, you know, 290 to 300.
1: He also comes with Edwin Diaz, who's also in the trade going to the Mets. Diaz coming off a year where he saved 57 games in his 73 games. We all know that's going to be almost impossible to repeat. (laughs) But uh, do you believe in Diaz and his skill set? I mean, he's obviously going to be one of the top closers off the board, so you're going to have to pay a lot for him if you want him. Well, that's it.
0: I've I, you know, i I've, I've been a Diaz uh, supporter ever since when he got called up. That was one of Howard Bender's favorite moments for me because when um, I was working at Fancy Alarm the first time, I messaged him and I was like, listen, the Mariners are calling up Diaz. Go, go get him on your roster. And I forgot which league. It was either the FSTA or something else. I was like, go get Diaz, and he ended up adding him, and he, he helped him in the second half. So, um, unfortunately, I'm probably not going to pay the tax this year. I mean, he's going up in the in the 40 to 50 range, and I just uh, – with with the lack of innings like we already quoted earlier in the segment, um, I'm probably going to be taking a starting pitcher where Diaz is being taken.
1: A name that's probably not going to get a lot of hype, but I think is a really good fit. Michael Brantley to the Astros. Uh, thoughts mm-hmm. on him?
0: I'm right there with you. You know, guy has line drives everywhere. He does have power to the opposite field, so he can use that short porch and left. Um, hitting it, hitting in that deep of a lineup, if he gets anywhere near the meat of the order, you know, and, and being able to DH and, and keep his knees and everything healthy, um, and he can still play some outfield too, yeah, I, I think he's in a very good spot. Just, you know. The same thing with the other ones, you know, you and I are talking about all these unsexy veterans that are in great situations and people are letting them pass them by
1: because they want the next big thing. Yeah. And he could even chip in some steals. I mean, with all the injuries he had, he still had 12 bags last year. It doesn't sound like a lot, but as we talked about, when you want to try and get those guys and they all add up, you get 12 here, 15 here, you know, 20 here, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you don't need to win the category, just be. You know, top three, top four, and you could do that. Yep. And a guy like uh, Brantley definitely fits in that mix. Uh, and and about, guys like oh, I'm sorry, one second. No, go ahead. Guys
0: like Brantley and Kanoa and Murphy they insulate your batting average. So if you have a guy that tanks, or you got uh, a Chris Davis hitting two they they're going to inflate your team average, and people really don't they don't pay as much as they should for that.
1: Absolutely, and you could even you know take it further, going in the later rounds. Maybe you find a guy. That can hit 25 home runs, but he's not going to hit for a high average. You can take the shot there if you have a lot of that batting average that you have uh, brought onto your team a little bit earlier on in the draft. So it definitely helps you have some flexibility. Josh Donaldson to the Braves. I mean, we know when he's healthy that he can hit. I've seen him go in a a couple drafts a little bit earlier than I want him to go. Uh, I'm still worried about his health. Uh, What do you think about Donaldson with the Braves?
0: Boy, you know, it,
1: it, it depends.
0: I had to take him the one draft, but third base was getting decimated. One of the guys was, there was there was a league that had two utilities um, in the mock, and somebody was just cranking out third baseman. They were taking Rendon and Myers, and I think that team had three or four third base eligible players on it. So it got to a point where I'm looking at the sheet, and I'm like, if I don't take a third baseman soon, I'm going to end up with, somebody I'm really not comfortable with, so so I did take Donaldson in that one, hoping for upside. If I take Donaldson, I'm probably going to make my other corner infielder a third baseman just to have built-in protection, and then you're going to have to take somebody like Jay Bruce Late that has corner infield eligibility that can get for pennies on the dollar, but can give you home runs if you need to plug them in there.
1: Yeah, and I guess you know Donaldson did still hit the ball hard when he played last year, so guess it's just a matter of health for him, and uh, he'll be an interesting mm-hmm. player to monitor here in the spring. Uh, Gene Segura going to the Phillies, he seems like a player in fantasy, too, uh, that you know does a little bit more than people think. Not an elite power hitter, but going to the Phillies, how should that help him?
0: Well, he had his best home run year when he was playing in the pre-Humidor Arizona Park. So, you know, I don't think 20 home runs is within the realm of outcomes, but I can see him tick back up to, like, the 13 to 15 level. He gives you a solid 20 stolen bases every year, and he's going to probably hit second, depending on who else the Phillies add. So you're talking Cesar Hernandez, who should be in line for a bounce-back year, who's an on-base machine. you got Segura up there, who gets on-base at a 35%-plus clip, and you know he's got a chance to score 90 runs and, and play in a good lineup. So, yeah, I'm on board with Segura.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, 304, 91 runs, 20 homers. Uh, He was a guy that I had on my Tout Wars team last year. So uh, not the elite power numbers, and maybe sometimes people get scared off. But, again, you need that balance, and uh, runs is another category that sometimes people don't Mm -hmm. look at enough. And uh, batting order, as we've touched upon, is a big key there. Charlie Morton to the race. He's coming off a really good year. You know, Health has always been a big question mark with him. Leaves Houston, goes to Tampa. Uh, Can we still get another good year out of Charlie Morton, or is there some concerns with workload and the new team? I think we can get another good year out of them. Um, Luckily, I'm in a keeper league, and I have them for fairly cheap,
0: and we do, like, contracts after the second year. So, like, this year, if I wanted to extend them, I could, but I can just play them for one more year at, like, $5, and I'm probably just going to do that. Um, you know, he struggles the third time through the lineup but his first two times. And with Tampa Bay's um, deployment of the opener, I think they can protect him. And, you know, they don't have to make him work extra due to the way that they uh, view their starting staff anyways. And they got those young guns all coming back in the second half of the year. So they don't have to ride him hard. Um, I still think Morton can give you good strikeouts per innings. And, you know, I don't know if I would pay for a full repeat of last year, but I still think he's
1: a solid pitcher. It feels like we've kind of been waiting for Nate Eovaldi for a while. We've always been intrigued by the arm, and the results have never been there until last year. It was 111 innings. We know what he did in the postseason. Should we buy into Eovaldi this year back with the Red Sox?
0: Um, I do like him. Actually, he's, he's really not expensive. You would think the postseason tax would kind of be in play with him, but people really aren't gravitating towards him yet. So um, in, that, in, the, in the first draft that I did, kind of behind the scenes with uh with Howard we got him crazy late like we got him uh Hyunjin Ryu and a couple of others in, in the later rounds that really helped uh help round out the staff so uh, I'm okay with Evaldi you, you know same thing don't overpay but I think where he's going right now he's at a great value
1: Encarnacion Edwin Encarnacion of Seattle a lot of people think he won't stick there but uh what does this do for his fantasy value I think he's just who
0: he is now. The there's there's some cracks in the foundation. The average is starting to slip a little bit. Um, but I still think, you know, he, he's a power hitter that, you know, won't kill your average, but you're just gonna start thinking about a two forty five to two fifty range, but that's where Chris Davis is. Um, he just won't give you that home run upside like Davis does, but everything else I think should still be somewhat repeatable for him. I, I would prefer him to get to a different team with a better better uh, line up ahead of him in the one, two, three spots, but we'll see what happens.
1: Uh, Jay Bruce, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's been a guy that we just penciled him for 30 home runs. He clearly wasn't mm-hmm. healthy last year, now back in the American League. Uh, can Bruce get back to 30 home runs and be one of that uh, late values, even if the average is not great?
0: Absolutely. And I, and I think, like I, I, th- I mentioned it before, you know, people don't realize that he does have
1: first base eligibility too.
0: I believe. So, you know, that's really going to help him that he can do first base and outfield right off of the bat. And, you know, for the price you're paying for him, it makes him fungible. So if he comes out and he doesn't look good, you can drop him and get somebody else. But for what you're paying to get at and a chance at 30 home runs, uh, that that's hard to beat where he's going.
1: Yeah, Bruce should be first base eligible in every league. He played 21 games at first and yep. started 20 games at first base. So that's an excellent point. Because a lot of people might have forgotten that he did play a little first base there for the Mets uh, in addition to the outfield. So that does oh, give yeah. him that I had, flexibility.
0: <laughs> I had to catch that in once. I was desperate at first base in and, and one of those 15-team drafts. And I was like, oh, crap, I can get Jay Bruce. And it was like, the I think, 18th round maybe. I mean, dirt cheap.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, that is Greg Jewett. You can find him at Fantasy Alarm. Greg, thanks for the time. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, as always. Love talking to you, Adam. All right, same here, man. Again, Greg Jewett, find him at Fantasy Alarm. You can always find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. We're rolling out the Fantasy Baseball content. Got the in-depth previews from Sean Childs. I have my player profiles. ScoutDFS.com and, of course, VegasWhispers.com. Win some money. We got picks up for tonight. Enter the promo code RONAS50. It gets you 50% off your first month or your first week. Plenty of ways to win with Scout Fantasy Sports to so become a member today. I'm out of here. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.